Hi, I'm Jason Stockwell. Welcome to Inside the Hive, a show all about robotics and automation. Inside the Hive focuses on three things, people, stories, and technology. Today, we've got a fantastic story with a colleague of mine, Yaz Hagihat. Yaz has been working on this story for a little while, and she's been keeping it a secret, so I didn't really know what it was about until I sent it there last week. You may have seen a video online about Disney robots and what they're developing. I'll let Yaz tell you all about that. Hi, Yaz. Hi, Jakes. Hi, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Good, thanks. How's your week been? Yes, yeah, it's, it's not been too bad, actually. I um, watched some Disney films, which is really great. Moana, have you seen Moana? I've seen, like, the middle of it, but I haven't seen the start or the end. Is it any good? Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. I think it's definitely one of my favourite Disney movies, along with... The Emperor's New Groove. Have you seen that one? Massively underrated. Cusco? Yeah. That's the one. And Kronk. So, so good. I love that. Because I think those are my two top favourite Disney films. But yeah. people don't seem to talk about them as much. Moana, a little bit, because she's like the new Disney princess, kind of modern, a modern day princess, which is great. I mean, I totally relate to her. <laughs> Apart from the fact I hate the ocean, which is what the whole film yeah. is based around. Isn't it like a love story about her and the ocean? Kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm massively afraid of the ocean, but I love her as a character, but I'm huge telassophobe, so scared of, the, scared of the sea. Oh, that's a word I've not heard before. Yeah, yeah. If you go on Reddit, I'm part of our telassophobia, which I just, you know, it's probably where I got all my nightmares from. I just go on and look at scary stuff under the oh, ocean. Oh, God. Yeah, it's like a self-torture thing. But So really, Moana was kind yeah. of... <laughs> Like a weird one for you to Yeah, it was like me getting over my fear of the ocean and being like, Yeah, I wanna be like a strong independent woman. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, so I've spent a lot of a lot of me time with Disney this week, uh, which is awesome because I was watching a couple of videos a few weeks ago and I saw a video of a Disney robot doing flips and stunts in the air. Have you seen that video? I've I think I have, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So essentially it's a humanoid type robot that is on a trapeze and it does a flip in the air, it does a kind of Superman pose and then lands on a safety mat. It's absolutely incredible to watch. Um, the YouTube comments are obviously, I mean, everyone knows you don't go to the YouTube comments section of something people are like, robots are going to take our jobs, this is terrifying. <laughs> One of the comments was like, make the robot do my laundry, you know, that, <laughs> you know, people on YouTube, but I think... As soon as I saw I thought this is absolutely incredible um, and I had to go away and have a read about it, have a look at what exactly is going on, what's the reason behind this, um, which is super interesting, which is what I wanted to talk to you about today. So what have you found? So these Disney robots, they're called Stuntronics, as in Stunt Electronics, um, which is the word that the Disney Imagineer crew come up with so so disney have got obviously their animation studios and they've got the theme parks and things as well but they also have their own research and development company which is based around technology electronics um robotics now obviously that which has come to light now and a lot of the stuff that they're doing is actually quite researched and super detailed yeah, so it's just it's just been really incredible to read about. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. So around the stuntronics and the Imagineers, you've said you said you did a lot of reading about it. What 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 did you find out? So I found out that what we've seen on the viral video isn't actually how the stuntronic Disney robot has started. So the research started with a load of engineers who did a project called Stickman. So Stickman is essentially as you would imagine it to be a, a stick, essentially. 
um, but this actually created all of the data for what we can see in the viral video today and actually a lot of the physics behind it is quite similar to other robots um, like Atlas, I think Atlas the name of the, the parkour robot from Boston Dynamics. The basis of Stickman was that it's essentially a, a long piece of steel that's broken up into three parts. So if you imagine when each of the hinges move, it kind of looks like a Z shape or a lightning, like a Harry Potter lightning scar shape. Um, and what, what this was, was um, researching how this entity, how this, you know, this robotic being was moving through the air. So they did lots of data and analysis on aerodynamics and also about how they could control the movement of the robot through the air. So obviously flying robots exist already. Um, I think Festo have done, they've done that bird one and it uses the wind and it's literally shaped like a bird or like a seagull and it uses aerodynamics to be able to move through the air. Okay. But the difference between flying robots which use aerodynamics and then these Disney robots or the stick man is that instead of relying on aerodynamics, the engineers, when they release the stick man through the air it's almost like on a trapeze or a pendulum but the pendulum release is um, servo servo motors so they can control exactly when the robot jumps or lets go through the air which actually makes quite a lot of difference because the difference between a robot doing stunts or a gymnast doing stunts is that you can't really control a human's movement as much as obviously as you can with a robot. So for example, they're doing a lot of research with Stickman and these Disney Stuntronics on gymnastics research as well. But obviously the difference between a human and a robot is that you can't measure a human exactly. You can't mm -hmm. measure the exact, you know, uh, movements. So for example, if, if a gymnast jumps through the air ten times, they could breathe differently or they might have a muscle twitch or they might be more tired and then you can't and there's too many inconsistencies with with the collection of that data I imagine it's not only with the individual it's uh they might jump on a spring yeah, underneath exactly. the floor or yeah exactly so there's just too many variables that could make a difference so the difference between gymnasts obviously and and in specifically the stickman robot where they're controlling the rate of movement as well not just the aerodynamics so they're not relying on you know, the wind and, you know, anything that could change or, you know, it's like shiver in the breeze. Um, it, it provides a lot more accurate data. So just from this one stick, this one piece of steel, they've managed to gather loads and loads of data, which is what they've made into the Disney Stuntronics now. Um, so the way that it works is that the stick will be attached to a trapeze. It will swing back and forth. The servo motors will release at the particular time then the stick man tucks itself into this sort of z shape that i described earlier and then as it tucks it's got laser range finders on its back so those are basically almost like you know the optical part of the robot so mm -hmm. the laser range finders at, so if you imagine it's on its back as it turns over and its back is parallel to the floor the lasers they're all offset by 12 and a half degrees so by the time it moves around it can measure the distance between where it is in the air to where the floor is 
and when it needs to untuck its leg or legs with the with the new robots in order to make a safe landing. So it's quite it's it's almost like um I suppose like echolocation with bats. Yeah. Yeah, so as the as the lasers sort of point to the floor it can tell exactly the distance. So it will send a signal down to the floor, come back up, and it will know when to untuck its leg and make a landing. God, that's brilliant. Yeah, that that must amazing. all be happening so quickly. I mentioned um Atlas before, so the parkour robot. So it's quite similar to that in that um all of its sort of internal sensors and all of these laser rangefinders as well. It it has um has almost like a balancing, so the motion sensors as well. It has this balancing system. So at the moment the Disney robots don't need to balance because they're falling into a mat. But where the Boston Dynamics Atlas is more advanced is that it can stabilise itself once it makes that landing. So in the video that went viral, I think it was last year, of um, Atlas doing parkour and then jumping on and off blocks, there is part of the video where it jumps off a block and then literally face plants into the block because it doesn't have its balance. It's quite funny to see but also really interesting because it will learn from that in that it needs to make a softer landing with its knees. So when you see it make a successful landing, it does like a soft landing that like they teach you when you're in gym at school, when you jump off a bench, make a soft landing with your knees bent. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's able to process all the information it has in order to make a soft landing, which is just incredible. Mm. That's brilliant. So you mentioned the Imagineer crew. That's internal at Disney, is it? Yes. So yes, they yes. don't work with Boston Dynamics on that? Not as far as we know. Um, I think Disney, they tend to be, I think they're quite notorious, even with their animation and things. They're, they're quite... Quite intrinsic. In, intrinsic, yeah. They like to keep themselves to themselves. Um, they haven't officially released the reason why they're actually doing these robotics. Again, to refer back to the YouTube comments, somebody had said something like, oh, they're going to put Walt Disney's brain in this robot, which is the whole reason they're doing it, and that's why they've always planned to do it, which, which is obviously some, some crazy person. <laughs> but, I mean, they could be. You, you don't know. God, but I hope I, not. Can you, can you imagine? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Walt Disney wouldn't want to be trapped in a in a park somewhere doing flips <laughs> screaming screaming babies with holding ice creams but you never know that that could have been his dream all along um so they haven't said why they're doing this yet. well on the disney grapevine as, as i'm part of many many forums and uh, <laughs> subreddits of loving behind the scenes at disney they have been rumors that these stunt robots will be um part of the parade at disneyland so you know, when you see the floats going by of all the princesses waving and um, all of the people in sort of the amazing LED costumes at, at Disneyland when they do the nighttime parades. And also in the, um, I don't know what they're called, you know, like the water, the water rides where you go on and they sing It's a Small World and those ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that, well, where they've got the animatronics, basically, they'll be replacing those with these more advanced robots, which can be more entertaining or perhaps in the stunt shows as well. When I went to Disneyland Paris, I saw two shows. I saw the Lion King one, which I cried all the way through because it was just incredible. And the second one was a stunt show where these stunt men were doing literal stunts on the stage in front. So you were sat in this amphitheater and then there was fire going off and then water exploding everywhere and they were riding on motorcycles and jumping through walls. And it was, it was incredible to see, but also a bit scary and quite dangerous. 
So I can imagine that these stunt robots would be possibly taking the place or being a part of these stunt stunt shows. Yeah, or um, helping the choreographers so that they don't have to use and potentially injure these professional stuntmen and women before they before they go and show the show in in Disney. Yeah, exactly. So if you think about it, so if we go with that theory, so if they're going to essentially practice or um, scope out what a human could do before they actually do it, and if we take it away from sort of like a novelty thing of, of stunts and, and Disney for the moment, if you apply that to other areas, so for example, like search and rescue robotics, so we've got we've got search and rescue robotics that have been in the news recently, for example, Colossus, which is um, from Sharp Robotics, they're the ones who helped with the Notre Dame fire in France. So Colossus, it looks like a tank at the moment and it only moves at something like three and a half miles per hour. So it's a really, really slow robot, but it takes it takes these massive, you know, these hose pipes that can put out fires and it will go in place of firemen. So if you think about how we already have robotics like that, which are there to, to help people and um, help in hostage situations as well. Um, I read that Colossus can climb stairs as well, even though it's quite big and slow at the moment. It is it is being developed to be able to climb stairs and, and to go into not just you know flat terrain. Um, there's also another one from the Italian Institute of Technology as well called the Walkman, who's being developed specifically to go into buildings where there have been natural disasters, so earthquakes or fires as well, and that's a humanoid robot. But again, that's really, really slow. I watched the video of it, and it, it is the way that it moves it is really slow. So if you apply search and rescue to something like the Disney stunt robots, can you imagine if you're in a burning building or you know there's been an earthquake or something, and then this, almost like seeing a superhero, a robot is doing parkour over all of this um, you know, debris and through the fire and things, and is able to pick up people and carry them back to safety, or they're able to help move things. So the the Colossus robot, which is the um, the one that helped with the Notre Dame fire, it can carry a payload of twelve hundred pounds, which is a lot. So if you can imagine applying that to a humanoid robot that can also do stunt tricks as well, not just for fun, but actually being able to parkour through debris like I said in dangerous situations how that would be able to help you know in the future of the search and the rescue industry yeah wow so you could end up well if they combine all this technology you could end up being saved from a fire by a robot that by literal iron man you know it would a robot that can fly through the air you know like this jetpack of the guy that flew from um, France to the UK imagine that applied with a Disney stunt robot you know, Cinderella flying through the air in a flowing dress. Oh, yeah, that's wicked. Flying back to safety, how amazing would that be? Yeah. I love that Cinderella's the (laughs) saviour as well. Can you imagine? (laughs) Or maybe Spider-Man, Iron Man, or, you know. Oh, no, I'm all for Cinderella. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there are other robots. I mentioned about internal motion sensors as well and how the Boston Dynamics robots are able to balance themselves. There are other robots as well which use the same kind of technology, but they're jumping robots. So there's one called Salto, which is super, super cute. It's quite tiny, probably about the size of my hand, and it's a pogo stick, and it just jumps up and down. 
and even though it's tiny and super cute and it just sort of like bounces around like something that you'd see in a cartoon again the technology behind it is is so advanced because it has these onboard internal motion sensors that are able to tell it essentially whether it's going to fall over or whether or, or how to stay upright especially as it's only on one um one limb i suppose you could say just jumping up and down on a pogo stick and these robots are being developed especially for uneven terrain so if you think about exploring whether that's celestial exploring whether it's you know on the moon or other planets as well apparently it's more energy efficient to jump or hop than to walk so i suppose when you see astronauts yeah, I can sort of that, bounding yeah. through the air in, in low gravity situations it's better to jump so these robots are being developed especially for uneven terrain and to go back again to search and rescue it would be a lot easier for robots to jump over you know debris and uneven ground rather than trying to walk or climb up it again like with parkour as well with robots that are jumping through debris or hopping through debris rather than having to to climb um so you should you should definitely have a look at salto though it's it's really really cute and it's named after salatorial animals so hence the name salto so which is a scientific word for animals that jump so i don't know like grasshoppers count i suppose if they're an insect or oh yeah probably frogs frogs uh don't know what else jumps spiders i don't know spiders count that sounds quite terrifying (laughs) i think (laughs) there are definitely jumping (laughs) spiders though yeah yeah definitely i did read a story about this um this village in india this swarm of spiders came out and basically rampaged through the village this happened a few years ago i remember my dad sent me the story online it just sounded like something out of a horror film. Can you imagine? Getting attacked by a swarm of spiders. Yeah. Literally swarming through your village like a herd of, you know, or a swarm of locusts. It sounds like an absolute nightmare situation. <laughs> Blimey, yeah. I, I definitely need <clears throat> a robot to rescue me from that, I think. <laughs> oh, I think I need more than a robot. <laughs> so, robots are ultimately going to take jobs that are considered dangerous or dirty. Like, they're the two main areas. So in terms of the danger of preparing for a stunt show, I don't think the robot's ever going to be doing the stunt show, is it, by the sounds of it, because there's, there's always going to be something fascinating about watching a person do it, and I guess if that's a robot, it becomes less exciting, because... Isn't right. that the thing about stunt shows, and that people... that That's the whole thing, isn't it? That you have this weird, cathartic thing of watching people do dangerous stuff, or... You know, back in the day when we used to watch You Being Framed and you'd see a montage of kids falling on their faces or, like, falling off stuff. Why, you know, it's it's really interesting human psychology. Why are people interested in that? It's, oh, it's funny because it's happening to them and not me. You know, I, I know someone who, who said that they, in, in the face of danger, they just laugh and they can't help it. It's not that it's a funny or it's a fun not a funny situation it's a dangerous situation and something horrible's happened but they laugh to it's that weird release of oh my god it hasn't happened to me it's that kind of that weird nervous energy so you're right in that there will be that displacement between a stunt robot doing stunts versus a human that's doing stunts yes they'll be able to achieve possibly more than a human and the show will always be perfect because 
they've calculated every tiny exact movement but actually in terms of human connection or the, the emotional connection that you have to watching something or to an event happening is that going to change I don't know I suppose it would depend on the way that humanity reacts with technology in general if you think about home devices like the Alexa people use the Alexa and they I have one at home as well but about half the time it doesn't work and, and I'm sure she, you know she's probably recorded me swearing incoherently and being annoyed that it doesn't work and then I then switch over to Google for example but there is that disconnect because it's I know it's tech and I know it's advanced but it's it's still not I still don't have that connection or that emotional connection to it but I think that opens up a you know whole other can of worms about robot ethics and humanoid robots and what they're used for as well so during my time at the lab I went to a lecture by um, Professor Praminda Caleb Solly, who works with Pepper, um, so just, just in the next room to us. And she was doing a really interesting presentation on gender and robotics. And it was um, she was talking specifically about service robotics, so with Pepper, who's being developed for, um, you know, using the example for nursing homes and about that trust between humans and robots. And if a human, if, um, sorry, if a robot is humanoid do we give it a gender do we give them names do we give them personalities does that change the trust that we have between them does it make us trust them more or less does it then go into the uncanny valley of it's too much like a human therefore it's too scary and too weird that we find that we find it unnerving can that also be applied to the stunt robots if they if they become so human-like does it have the opposite effect of actually not entertaining us anymore but actually scaring us especially as people do have this fear of robotics at the moment like I said in the in, in the YouTube comments one of the first things that I came to people were saying they're going to take over the world we're going to lose our jobs it's it's this fear that people have because of all the sci-fi films and because they don't have the knowledge about robots like the search and rescue ones the ones like Colossus that robots are being developed to help humans um, in, in these kind of situations but will it go so far that it has a sudden boomerang effect where it turns around completely and people start to freak out and go oh no I, I don't know I don't know what the point will be it will I suppose it would depend like I said about humanity and technology as a whole and whether it finds a happy medium um, and I suppose that will just be a risk that Disney's willing to take at the moment but it seems to the technology behind it seems to be incredible and actually having a greater purpose than just sparkles and Disney songs and princesses but, but you never know it might go down really well it may not go down well at all I suppose we're not going to know until they actually release release the bots <laughs> so to speak you know and then we'll see so then watch the space and then um, I'll probably come back and then do a re-review of it then yeah wow yeah. so are these robots so we're not likely to see them in live environments possibly they haven't released any information as and about when we're going to see them and where in, in what exact space we're going to see them yet so i suppose they're, they're holding that under wraps just for their own Sneaky Disney. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then they, but then they did release that 
one short video basically to whet everyone's appetite and go, oh my gosh, this is amazing or scary or incredible. What's going to happen next? And that's, mm. you know, I suppose that's that's great marketing from them. I mean, it's Disney, you know, they, they know how to entertain people. And what they've done is released just enough information for us to go, what's going to happen next? Where is this going? Everyone's going to wait and see, which is exactly what the internet and the world and what I'm doing is, what's going to happen next? We can speculate, but actually, what if they turn around and go, we're just shoving the robots in the restaurants? You know, they, which I'm sure they won't, but, you know, they're, they're keeping it so under wraps at the moment. Backflipping a meal over. Yeah, can you imagine? That would be amazing. <laughs> Yes, this has been really, really interesting. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jace. It's been fun to talk talk to you about one of my greatest loves in life. Disney or Disney. robots? Well, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say Disney. Obviously robots. Did you find it interesting to go away and research all this? I did. It was almost like opening a can of worms. It was. It went from, oh my God, I love Disney. Oh my God, this is amazing. Ooh, robots. Whoa, hang on a sec. And it just sort of spiralled from there and, and, you know, ended up with me researching about these search and rescue robotics and actually thinking about the technology behind it. And I think that's what a lot of people don't do, is that they see something on the surface and then just take it at face value. But actually, it really pays to look behind what you see on the internet. And I know that goes without saying, but a lot of people don't. You know, again, once more to reference the YouTube comments, people watch something, believe it, panic and then they don't actually think about what's happening behind the scenes yeah and I think that's what I've really enjoyed about researching this in particular it was it was literally maybe less than a minute and a half the video that I initially watched and that then spiraled into so many more hours of interesting research behind that so yeah it was really interesting and really fun and I'm just going to continue and just watch this space to see what else they release about it oh brilliant and I was looking over your shoulder and I saw you were deep in a re- university <laughs> research paper from somewhere looking at the inertia of movement. I, w- I was, I was. It was, um, I mean, I can't promise that I fully understand all the tech behind it, but enough so that it was enough for me to spark going, delving into another route of um, research on um, tech. I don't know. I guess kind of like human movement. Yeah, yeah. And and actually human psychology as well. But you, you know, as I, as I mentioned before about actually the connection that you have between something happening with a human versus something happening with a robot. If it's a human helping you versus a robot helping you at home, you know, asking to add things to your shopping list and things. Um, where, where that's going to go with humanity in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's society is so unstable at the moment that I think that just it's you don't know what's going to happen you don't it could go either way so we'll just wait and see wicked well again thank you very much thanks for having me it was brilliant to sit down with Yaz and talk about this project there's a lot of really interesting stuff in the field of robotics at the moment and it's nice to see something in the entertainment industry we'll host a video on BotHive's landing page it'll be on bot-hive.com under the Roblogtics section. Inside the Hive is brought to you by BotHive. I'm Jason Stockwell. To follow us on social media, just type in at WeAreBotHive and say hello. We really like it when people reach out. And a huge thanks to Yaz for putting in a lot of effort and pulling this podcast together. 
And thanks to you for listening. We wouldn't have a podcast without you. So thank you very much. I'm Jason Stockwell and I'll speak to you next week.